Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Both Laugh, the Dying Scene Quarantine Chat Show. As always, I am your host, Jay Stone, and we're up to episode 58. And this is another fun one. We've got another another return guest. Um, our guest on this particular episode is Brian McTurnan. You probably know him from having produced, uh, let's say, if you've been in the punk and hardcore world for the last 20 years, he's probably produced, uh, I would say, 40 or 50% of the albums uh, that are in your collection. Um, he uh, was in the band Battery for a long time back in the 1990s and then really focused on producing. And we had a good chat a couple of years ago. He's got a new band called Be Well. So we talked about their uh, initial album, The Weight and the Cost, a couple of years ago. Um, Be Well has a new album that is due out uh, later this month, later in May, um, on a new label, Revelation Records. They're certainly not a new label. You know Revelation Records. Uh, again, if you've been in the punk and hardcore world for the last uh, 30 years, you're very familiar with Revelation. Uh, Be Well will be putting out a, a news EP um, on Revelation. It's six songs. It's called Hello, Son. And allow me to be the first to tell you, if you haven't heard on social media already, that it is dynamite. Um, I have said before and will continue to say that I am certainly not a hardcore hit kid by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but Be Well is awesome. I love that band. I legitimately love that band. Um, I love the way that Brian writes and records songs. I love the sort of emotion that he taps into. Um, maybe something about being now, I guess, in my mid-40s legally uh, and being a father and all of the sort of things that come along with that. Um, and, and you know what? It just sort of dawned on me as I started rambling at the beginning of this um, introduction that it is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so Brian is a, a very big component uh, proponent of talking about mental health and talking about um, what he had to do to sort of uh, get to a better place, both for himself and for his wife and his daughter and for um, his career. Uh, last time out, we talked about that he took a break from producing for a while, uh, went into the contracting business, uh, kind of lost focus of who he was and what was important to him. And so he found his way back into producing and then ultimately into Be Well. Um, that has certainly continued over the last couple of years. Uh, his words are very honest. Um, they can be, I suppose, seen as a little dark sometimes, but not dark for dark's sake. Uh, I And I think that this new EP does point out a little bit of the light that comes after a period of darkness like that. You'll have to listen to them in order to uh, really tap into that. But yeah, check out Be Well. Check out uh, Hello, Son. It's, it's a dynamite album. They... Um, went to another level. There's some new sonic things that they do and they sort of expanded the sound and the direction of the band. So we talked a lot about the recording of that album and the fact that the album has essentially been done for uh, a year at this point or more um, and was turned into the label close to a year ago. And because of vinyl delays and things like that, it is only now finally seeing the light of day. Like I said, it comes out, uh, I think May 20th is the official date. Uh, so we talk a lot about Be Well. We talk a lot about the album. We talk a lot about his uh, headspace now. And of course, um, Brian also recorded Hot Water Music a lot back in the day, back in the early part of the 2000s. He recorded Caution, which is a lot of our favorite albums of all time, um, or certainly on that short list. Uh, and he recorded the new album, 
after I think it was 17 years of not working with them um, between, I think he did the new what next back in 2004 and then uh, didn't work with them until now. And so to work with them during a pandemic while Chris Wallard was um, sort of stepped back from the live performing piece, but still a writing part uh, while Chris Creswell was involved both in playing live and increasingly in the writing um, and there's a pandemic. And so they're meeting over zoom and, and flying to and from Florida and various other places to get the album done in a way that was safe. And everybody knows obviously that the new hot water music album is dynamite. Um, and so we, uh, I, I do try to steer the conversation back to be well, because I feel like we were talking a lot about hot water music, which is great, which because hot water music is one of my favorite bands of all time. And Brian is one of my favorite producers of all time. Um, but I did start to feel bad after a while that we spent uh, maybe half of this interview talking about hot water music and not talking about be well. Uh, but I think it's enjoyable nonetheless. So it's episode 58 of both laugh and it features Brian McTurnan and it's coming up right after the intro music. Welcome, friends. It is episode 58 of Both Laugh, the Dying Scene Quarantine chat show. Uh, joining us on this episode is Brian McTurnan, who you may remember was the guest way back in episode 15, I think it was, uh, which is just sort of revealing as to how long the pandemic has been going on, because now every episode I do is somebody that's making their uh, return appearance. Um, I'm fired up to have Brian back on. His band, Be Well, has a new EP uh, called Hello Sun coming out in a couple of weeks and it is dynamite as you'd expect brian thanks for coming back on this is awesome yeah thanks for having me i'm excited what's the official date i think it's like may 20 may 20th i'm actually like keeping my eye out the records are meant to show up at my house today so it will be so available physically it will like be actually physically yes so it will be that i i just got the ups remind you know update so yep we'll have them I thought it was going to be one of those things where, yeah, everybody can hear it digitally in May and then you can get it uh, in your stocking at Christmas time. No, <laughs> it seems I, like I, that's the way it's been going. You know, the crazy thing is we, we delivered the record. Um, we delivered the record it, like J July 1st. So, I mean, it took a long time. I mean, that's with the art, with everything, it was like turned in July 1st. And then, to be honest, I was really frustrated by the delays at first, but it kind of broke in our favor because we ended up getting some really great touring that doesn't start until right around the release. But it's a long time to wait for a That's record. Yeah. what, 10 and a half months by the time it, or almost 11 mm -hmm. months by the time it comes out. That's, I have heard stories of that it's been taking people that long. But that's wild. I've never actually yeah. talked to, I never, I think, personally talked to anybody that it took that long. Yeah. That's and wild. I, I, um, I mean, I had really been hoping to have it out for the dates we did with hot water music, avail strike it, like all of those dates that would have been ideal, but, but I mean, it's just beyond our control. And yeah, I think yeah. that also we had revelation and, and hits and, you know, just 
trying to coordinate both things coming together was just tricky. Was there, um, was it a conscious decision to not release it digitally first and to wait until they both came out at the same time? Cause I know a lot of people have been doing that and I know that there's sort of pluses and minuses for doing it that way. I would have been totally fine to do that. And I think that if, um, I think on this final, um, the final time it got pushed back, I just said, if it gets pushed back again, we're just putting it out. Yeah. You know, we're not, not putting the brakes on at this point, but, but I think that, um, I think that there's something exciting about like people get, you know, the leading up to the release day, people starting to get the records and posting pictures. I don't know. I, I like that. And I mean, like in contrast, it sucks. I still don't have a copy of the new hot water music record. <laughs> you know, I don't either. Yeah. I don't either. So, I mean, I mean, and that's that I, 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 I mean, they, the, I, they had legitimate reasons to just go ahead and stick with their plan because they had all these dates and all this right. stuff going on. It's just a tough time. I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, I don't know, man. I, I you know, I, I, I am not like a super hardcore vinyl junkie. I love having the record though and reading the lyrics and, you know, I don't know. I, I don't mind the wait and I'm really happy. I, I it's going to be really nice to like have them. I'm hoping we have a show next weekend with Snapcase and um, Earth Crisis and Strife. And I'm hoping we just can sell them. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sort of the same way. I've certainly amassed a big vinyl collection and I had a big CD collection, but I like a, I like physically buying something. I like the act of going to a record store and yeah. physically purchasing something. And like you said, flipping through liner notes and, and yeah. listening to an album, which is, I'm super grateful to uh, your press contact Alexa, because not everybody sends out lyrics when they send out like a press copy of an album. Yeah. And, and the lyrics came with this one. And I was super happy about that. That's, that's right. So she's shout great. out to Alexa, because that's, yeah, she's that's amazing. an awesome thing that not everybody does, but, and I know that it's probably an old school thing, but I, I like that. There's something about consuming oh, the, yeah. the entirety of the music project. I, I mean, I went and saw, Kariki, the I I don't know how I, I I hope I'm not pronouncing that wrong. Ian Mackay's new band, and they were giving out lyric sheets at the door. Really? Yeah, to to read at the show if you wanted to. That's and I thought that was I thought that was so cool. I mean, it was like in a lot. It was like in a bookstore, and it was. I was, it was say, really I feel cool. Like it would have to be seated or something, wouldn't it? Like. It would I mean, be weird to stand and read. But. I don't know. I don't know that a lot of people were actually sitting there <laughs> reading it, but I think it was just the point that like the words matter. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You know and, and such I, an I, Ian Mackay thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I love. I, that. I, I definitely come from that school of like what what really draws me to like punk and hardcore is the lyrics. You know, the mm. relatability and the you know, the honesty of it all. So I, I, I mean, I appreciate that Alexa. I didn't know that she does that, but that's fantastic that she does. Um, and I spent a lot of, I mean, I, I spent a lot of time writing the, the words and kind of <laughs> pushed myself outside of my comfort zone in terms of like what I choose to share. So it's nice when it is seen because it, it's hard to hear. I mean, I think that's one of the travesties of like, the digital age is, I mean, I used to every Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever it was when I was a kid, what records come out, I would go buy records, yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. came out. By the time I got home, I had already read the lyrics 20 right. times and right. I knew exactly what song I wanted to listen to. And I was in the liner notes and the thanks list and that stuff just mattered. I mean, it's interesting too, as, as a producer, like 
I mean, often people don't know who produced something, who mastered something, who did the artwork. I mean, it doesn't, sometimes people fill, the labels will fill that stuff out on Spotify, but, but it, not always, you yeah. know, and, and, and um, like which studios it was recorded at. Like I was always a junkie for all of that. And I always would, you know, as like, I, I loved, I loved recording and production as a, a young music fan. And I would always gravitate. Oh, where, where was that recorded? Like, yeah, oh, yeah. I can kind of hear that room, you know, and, and, and now it's, I have no idea where anything was recorded. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's funny that sort of two of those concepts came up in talking to Dave yesterday. One being the, the thing of going to an album uh, to a record store on release day and actually buying the album when it came out. I, I have very like core memories of specific albums that I bought at specific record stores, but like, at midnight, because you used to go, they used to yes, you know, yes, open I up at midnight, that. like yeah, yeah. Newbury Comics, sometimes Tower Records did, right? or we had a store called Rocket Records in the town that I grew up in, and you could go down at midnight, they'd stay open till like 1230, and that's when you could get all the new stuff. And I have very specific memories of like yeah. where I bought certain albums along the yeah. way, and I still try to do that as much as possible. Except right. that you can't actually get a physical album the day it comes out anymore because <laughs> yeah. you never know. Uh, yeah. But that and and trying to you know figure out where something was recorded is right. again is such a core thing to the way that I think I don't know if it's a generational thing and maybe we were the last generation to actually do it, but to pay attention to that stuff, to pay attention to a room that something was recorded in, yeah, or, well, the, or who produced the, it. Yeah, I mean the interesting thing is. I kind of feel like, you know, at least, and I don't know how much it is this way anymore because now there's so many studios, but I feel like if you look at really like back um, at re any really healthy, like important punk hardcore scene, there was always kind of like a studio where everybody like that, you know, like in DC, in rear and in Boston when it was Fort Apache and, right. you know, Brett Gerwitz, um, I can't, the name is West, whatever his studio Westlake. was. Yeah. Westlake um, for the record in Southern California, where like since all the, you know, the Southern California, yeah, yeah, yeah. my, my studio. And, you know, when I was coming up, like, I mean, I think that stuff is cool and it's important. And, and I, if, I just, I would check things out on that basis alone. Like who produced it, who yeah, yeah. they record. Um, and now, now I don't even know. <laughs> you know <laughs> probably a lot of, a lot of things are recorded in like some dude's bedroom, you know, too. Well, so. yeah. And, and, you and know, there's nothing you, wrong with that. Yeah. No, you can do that. Right. I mean, yeah. the people will record albums digitally and never be in the same room as their band. And yeah. It's such a weird thing. I mean, I understand it for writing purposes and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but but to record an album that way with other people, it's, it's just yeah. bizarre. Yeah, there have been a lot of weird things like in my, like, like that is a thing that happens. There's a lot more like virtually, you know, people are one person, like I do a lot of mixing for people. So it's like, oh, the drummer sends me his track. So baseball, like, I, like I'm kind of compiling it the first time the band's ever even hearing it yeah, yeah, yeah. together as when, when once I'm sending it to them, it's just, it's, it's a weird thing. Um, but I mean, I think it's freeing, you know, I think that, I think that it's, it's interesting when I was coming up, you know, there, there were studios, but there weren't a lot of studios that like people that came from my world 
ran or, or so, you know, I just remember you used to have to go to the studio and you'd have to like bring CDs to play for the engineer. Like, this is what I wanted it to sound like. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and I think it is cool that there are so many people that can do great, you know, home recordings. There's so many like, you know, not, not cheap studios, but affordable places where you can go, where someone understands where you, what you're, where you're coming from without you having to explain it to them. So did you guys write this? Uh, I mean, I was going to, I assume it wasn't recently because I, I didn't realize though that you were basically done with the album almost a year ago, but did you write it on the heels of the weight and the cost? Like how, what was the time gap in between? Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to say exactly because certain songs like hello sun was actually the first song that was written for the band period. Oh, wow. Um, and we recorded it for the weight and the cost. And I, there were some things with the lyrics I, that I changed that I, I wasn't in love with. And it just didn't, it just didn't come out the way that I heard it in my head. Um, and so we just kept working on it and tweaking it. And, um, and, in the, and then with this batch of songs, it just ended up really fitting. Um, but I, since the beginning of the band, I have just tried to write and not think about it in terms of like, I'm writing for a record. I am just writing because it's how I choose to live my life. Yeah, you know? right, right. It's, it's therapeutic. It's fun. You know, it's like a good motivator to kind of just stay, um, you know, like kind of exercise that muscle, you know, and, and um, it's not like everything I write is a song, but I kind of compile I'm constantly compiling, you know, journaling thoughts and and like just sitting down with my phone and laying down riff ideas. And then when I have time or when we can get together, I'll just kind of scroll through. And it, the funny thing is my process is actually if I hear a similar idea pop up more than a few times, then I'll go, okay this seems yeah, like yeah, something yeah. I, I'm trying, you know, and I'll take that and then kind of develop it. So it, 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 with this stuff, it was really hard to get together. So I was like demoing a lot of stuff and sending it to the guys virtually. Um, and then we would get together and jam on it. But I think, I think what I think a lot of people don't know, cause I, I've, I've had people say, Oh, wow, it's so soon. Well, the thing about it is that, the weight and the cost was done for a long time before it came yeah, out. Yeah, right. So, so it was like, it was, it was, um, you know, that record was recorded in like 2018. So it's like, God, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's, it's, I really like, you know, it, it, that got pushed back because right. of, it got pushed back initially by like finding the right label. And then it got pushed back again because of, the pandemic. And I remember at the time, everybody being like, yeah, we'll push it back. So, you know, like two or three months and right. then you can tour and like, who fucking could have ever thought that this was going to be seriously going it's, on, you know, like, like it is now. I mean, it's, I mean, really to be having conversations with people about the second album that's come out since the pandemic started. Right. It's, it's yeah. like, and it's, it's, and it's just here. Like, I, I feel yeah. like this is just what it's going to be for the next however many years at this point. Yeah. I know there was a meme that went around in the early days of the pandemic and it was like somebody referenced 2020 and then the the follow up to it was like, oh, I remember 2020. That was pandemic year one. And everybody was like, 
you mean year one and here we right. are two years later and i know the- i'm and it's crazy it's like the i mean the good thing that came out of the pandemic for me is that well for be well is i i wrote and wrote i have like i mean so much so much material and like we were able to sneak in some shows and luckily none of us got sick i did get covid over christmas and strangely i'm kind of relieved that i did because i'm kind of i was really freaked out about it and now it's like it sucked but it was like was you know i mean like my my wife is at i i just took her to the the uh rapid care she's got some it's not covid it's something else and it's way worse than when she had covid so i mean really i'm not saying covid's like not it's something to take seriously and i take it seriously it's just like i before i had it i was really freaked out about it and after having it it's kind of like that sucked but like you know you wouldn't want to do it again i (laughs) I wouldn't want to do it The, the worst thing was losing my taste that was so freaky yeah that was like did it come back it did, yeah, but it took a while. Everything just tasted like aluminum. It was just oh. super weird. It was a weird, you know. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was a weird thing. But um, but then, you know, I was able to make a couple of records during that time and travel. And I mean, I don't know. The thing is playing shows. One of my least favorite things about the COVID stuff is I don't really like, I love to play and then hang with people. Right. But it's, it's not really fair to the my bandmates or the other bands on tour to really be out right mingling you know right. because because you very well could you know get, get get sick and bring it back and you could ruin the whole tour for everybody so yeah and it's really it's for whatever reason it's not like the flu in that like people would play with the flu people would play when you're sick or whatever but i feel like right. when it's covid and it's so catchy it's like you have to shut shit down for a week or whatever but if you're if you're a band that doesn't do that as your primary uh means of income right and so you take your week vacation to go do a run through the east coast or whatever and get covid on day one and then have to sit out the whole thing yeah i i i I don't know how people do it it's been weird going back to shows i think as a like from this side but i don't know how you guys do it honestly. Yeah. I, and I, I think that, that I think that here, I mean, we're lucky because like a lot of, a lot of the touring we have had, we've done has been like runs of four or five dates. So it's yeah. kind of like the, the risk is, 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 is limited. I think that um we had to cancel a European tour, like a three and a half week tour. And I was really worried about that because the thing about Europe is like you get over there, you have to print all the merch, you have all the plane tickets, you have the transportation, you have the backline, and then you run the risk of like having to quarantine for two weeks there, yep. miss all the dates, or yep. get through most of it. I mean, you, you know, I, I know a lot of bands that has this has financially been just ruinous for them, and even for us. I mean, we're about to head out on a full U.S. tour with Newfound Glory and Four Years Strong, and we just have to be really conservative about what we order for merch because yeah, you know, you, you don't want to get stuck with yeah. five, five weeks worth of tour or whatever it is. So right. it's, it's a weird, it's a weird, um, it's weird, weird. Yeah. Time. A buddy of mine, speaking of hot water, a buddy of mine is on tour with uh, Chuck in Europe right now. And I think he oh. played Jesse Ahern and he played, I think the first date he was supposed to do and got COVID. Uh, oh. So he had to miss like, 
I want to say it was like a week's worth of dates, but they're in Europe. So it's not like, so he had to somehow quarantine in like Belfast, but, oh the, but Chuck and the other people were in, I don't know, Germany or something. I can't, I, I don't know how you could coordinate that, that stuff. That, that, that tour looks like it's going awesome. Yeah. The photos look, I mean, it's hard to tell, but. Of course, I don't know what happened yesterday. There was a picture of a broken window in a van with Jesse yeah. on the other <laughs> side. So I, was, I, don't. I didn't get that story yet. <laughs> yeah. But the, 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 I, that that looks like it's fun. Yeah, the funny thing is talking about like this Zoom and you know doing the uh, I did help the, with the new Hot Water Music record and we we did like eighty percent of the pre production this way. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. So I talked to Jason in the lead up to the last Hot Water album, and he mentioned that like having regular Zoom sessions. Now I'm somebody who uses Zoom for work, and then we have breakout rooms, and so you meet with different therapists and counselors and whatever, but. I didn't, I never dawned on me that bands would actually be writing material that way and getting into their little zoom breakout rooms and working on ideas. Well, it was, it was, it was really interesting. It was great. Um, What, what we did was I went down several times and like worked with the guys as they kind of came up with ideas. And, and then everybody was like, we had a, like a shared Dropbox. So everybody was putting, song ideas and so people we weren't getting on zoom and like being like hey i have a riff yeah yeah. it was more like okay we're taking we kind of like brainstormed like a ton of ideas we had like a ton of stuff and then we would have like a thursday night zoom with with everybody yeah and and then we would have we called it the adult zoom (laughs) with with a select with a select group on like a monday early you know and um and we would just sit around with like acoustic guitars like like on the thursday night zoom we would talk about like what song do we want to approach next and then uh, on monday we would sit around and it was like you know jason would have his bass i'd have an acoustic and then cresswell would be like taking notes and he's very on top of things. He's such a <laughs> professional. Yeah, he is. And, um, and then Cresswell would, you know, we would like, you know, work on the arrangement, like, Oh, wouldn't it be cool if, you know, whatever this chord went here. And then he would take notes and then he would record a scratch guitar track of the new arrangement, send it to George, George played drums, send it to Jason, Jason yeah, yeah, played yeah. bass, send it to whoever else. And then they'd send it all back to me and I would make, you know, and, and we, it was a little weird at first, but it was great. And when we finally were able to get um, together in person again, like all of us together, so much work had been done that it, instead of it being like two weeks of, you know, sussing all this out, it was really just like, you know, getting comfortable playing the yeah. stuff. And it was, it was really great. Did you record that one down at Black Bear or engage? Yeah, we did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And actually um, we recorded it like half at Black Bear and half at my Airbnb. <laughs> so, <Okay>. so <laughs> I, I, I was, sta- I, I, the, the, the uh, we had this great, uh, like the uh, Jason got um, us a great, like a big like Airbnb, like a whole house that Cresswell and I stayed in. And I brought like a Pro Tools rig and some nice gear. And we just set up like a vocal guitar overdub station at the oh, house. Wow. 
And it was great. I mean, it was like, and so we kind of did. And the nice thing is Ryan, um, who owns Black Bear and has worked on several records. He's amazing. I mean, he's like super talented. So it was Mm -hmm. like, it makes more sense to divvy up responsibilities here. You know, so I focused um, on like a lot of the leads and the vocals and the harmonies and stuff. And like we, I was there for the drum and bass tracking, but then he really worked with um, Cresswell and Wallard on like the rhythm guitar stuff. Um, and while I was at the house working and then I would bounce, go cruise over there and check it out. It was a really cool process. And what it did was it bought us like essentially two or three extra weeks yeah, yeah, yeah. of time because it wasn't like a budget thing. It's like a, like it's really hard, you know, as you get older to be away right. for that long. Like right. I, I couldn't, I couldn't have been there much longer. I know Chuck couldn't have been there much longer. So it was really cool. And, and Cresswell it's on so many levels, like the introduction to him, like creatively, you know, vibe wise, he's just such a fun, positive, talented, you know, but also just, he's very like, studious and on top of things so it's like you know it's like if you ask for something from him it's like you're gonna get it like exactly when you're supposed to get it you know so it was really it was it was it was a really cool experience that's refreshing for somebody in the punk community and somebody that's like a he's not really a millennial but he's significantly younger than like you or I or the rest of those guys. It's nice that he's like yeah. super on task and focused and, and super professional and talented. And yeah, and, and all those guys are on it. Like Jason is very, very on yeah, top yeah. of things as well. But it was really nice to have like um, you know, like like <laughs> Wallard and Chuck are amazing, but you know, they're they're like they're they march to the beat of their own drum you know absolutely true (laughs) and as they should right yeah they've earned that at this point absolutely so so crestwell on every level was just a welcome addition and and also like i mean i've known those guys for a very long time and and i didn't know ryan and, and crestwell so i mean i feel like not only did we end up with like and a, a record I'm amazing record I'm very proud of but like I Ryan and Cresswell like I feel like I made two amazing friends like yeah, they're yeah. really special people and they were you know I I, th- I have so many memories of the you know where it would be like me and Cresswell I'm in like my pajamas it's like one o'clock in the morning it's like somebody has an idea like oh let's lay that down you know yeah, what I mean yeah. like we worked hard, you know, and uh, I'm really, I'm excited about the record. I was thrilled for them that it was so well received. I mean, I, 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 I felt like we've always had like good synergy and chemistry, like the, all of us, you know, yeah. but um, you never know when you get, you know, we hadn't worked together in what, 16 years, right? <laughs> 17 years or whatever right. it was. And so you, you just never know how it's going to be. And, and, and it was amazing. It was great. Yeah, I, I talked to Cresswell briefly after the show up here in Boston, and I said, oh, you know, enjoy uh, Crossroads. I said, say hi to Andy Diamond. We'll see you Saturday. He's like, yeah, I've never met Andy Diamond before. And it sort of like caught me off guard uh, because I feel like everybody knows Andy Diamond. He's just like, he's got his tentacles everywhere, and he's such a dynamic person. And so I texted Cresswell after those shows. I said, so you met Andy? He's like, dude, I didn't stop laughing all week. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. He's been, you know, it's funny you say that. Like, oh, I, I love Andy Diamond. And, and he's also, 
he's one of the first people that ever gave be well a shot. He put us on um, a voices fire show. Like our oh, okay. second, our second or third show was a show he booked. And um, we hit it off immediately. And, um, but I remember my brother, my older brother, um, it was like, Oh, who it, it, did Andy book that show? And I'm like, yeah, he's like, Oh, that's awesome. I'm like, you know him. He's like, you don't know him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, right. He was, he was just shocked that, uh, I always figure I'm so far down like the whatever totem pole in punk rock that like if I know somebody, everybody must know. Them. <laughs> yeah, he's he's great. And we talk a lot, you know, like he, we text and talk yeah, on the yeah. phone and he's a sweetheart. Do you um, do you have a similar sort of writing style when it comes to be well that that you sort of worked with hot water on? I mean, do you guys all get together or do you trade? Do you have your weekly Zoom meetings or whatever, too? I don't know. I don't remember exactly how spread out. You uh, no, I think I think that like typically I will sketch out a song, you know, pretty, you know, pretty thoroughly before I send it to the guys. I mean, I typically will have a lot of material that they haven't heard yet. And I yeah. don't I try not super overwhelm them because the for me. The hard thing is that even if I love the music or I love the riffs or if I, if, if, if the lyrics aren't coming for something, I don't want to send it. To, I don't want to, it, it's never going to work if I'm not, it's, it's not going to be a be well song. If I, it's not the whole package, if, if it's not connecting yeah, on yeah. that level for me. So it's like, you know, there's tons of songs and sometimes those songs end up, you know, get, getting adopted by other bands or, <laughs> other, you know, other, you know, things like that too. Um, but no, we're, our process is a little bit more like, I kind of like mostly sift it out and then send it to the guys and start getting feedback that way. And then um, we'll get together and jam on things. But, but usually I'm sending them something that is like, got vocals will, you know, already often has like, you know, kind of program drums it's like a song you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and then, and then they, they put their their touches on it were you still writing that much before be well really took off or, no i had or has it I really been since like the this project got I, I i hadn't written i hadn't written a song in since in from 1999 to 2017 that's wild. i mean i wrote with bands yeah, yeah, yeah. in this but that's a very different you right. know, like there are some bands that I um, function as like, like um, a producer, but there's other bands I actually like write songs with, we'll send riffs, we'll kind of yeah. correspond in that way. But that's very, very different than like, you know, sitting down and like writing a song and writing the lyrics. And <laughs> so, I mean, it was, I, I think it's one of the reasons it worked in a sense that like, I think if I had, I had a lot to say, I guess. <laughs> oh, certainly. Yeah. And uh, also I kind of was like almost like in a cryogenic chamber for 20 years. So it wasn't like I was out there, like just, you know, writing and writing and nothing was coming, coming of it. It was just kind of like I was producing records and I just was not writing my own material. And once I started writing again, that's when it was like, wow, how did I ever not do this? Like yeah, I yeah. need, I really need, I think it's like, it isn't just like, I think sometimes people will listen to Be Well and be like, oh, writing those words must be therapeutic. It's really not that. It's really like, it's really like 
the the idea of just the creation process is really like good in the same way that like going on a run or doing yoga or something like that. It's like, just kind of like opens you up. If I'm super tense, I'm freaking out. I'm whatever. By the time I'm like, I just need something to focus on. That isn't the shit in my head. And that's what music has always been for me. So it's like, whether it's writing it or listening to it. And the interesting thing is the more I write, the more I want to listen to music. Oh, interesting. So it's like, I, and, 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 but that's the other thing when I was producing records, when you're in the studio 12 hours a day, six or seven days a week, I, I mean, I did not want to listen to music. I didn't want to yeah, like yeah, yeah. Right. leave the studio. You know, I listened to a lot of like sports talk radio, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? right. Um, but now it's like, I literally am listening to music. Like, you know, I take, you know, I take my dogs out for, hours and just listen to music and it's just so amazing i mean it's just music's amazing because it just could take you i can like a song will come on and you can like smell the air you know when you know it it it, it like it like scratches so many itches for yeah, me yeah. um and so you feel more connected to it now that you're actually writing it again for your own project i feel more connected to it for sure and honestly it helped um, it's I, even with like the production and the mixing and things like that. I mean, I think like it kind of like one of the reasons I took a break from producing records for a period of time was I kind of, I started to kind of lose, I started to feel burnt out and I started like losing sight of why it mattered. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, especially as like, I was never motivated by like record sales or budgets or anything like that. It's just that as it was like records were less big and there was less, and it was like harder to make a living doing like a lot of things came together and it was like bands were younger. I didn't feel as connected to them. That's a um, weird thing too. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. And, and, and I have my daughter and I just kind of felt like, I'm not that happy and it's kind of not fair to these bands. And I, I didn't have that, like, I started to lose that, like, oh, this is just this magical thing I get to do. And so the interesting thing for me now is, like, I I can see so directly the effect that making these records and writing this music and, and of my own has on me and how important it is to me. And it's kind of such a good reminder that, like, when I'm, like, in the studio with Hot Water Music, it's not just, like, it is, like, their livelihood. I mean, it's really matters. It's important. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it matters. It matters to them professionally. It matters to them creatively and soulfully the way I'm saying it, it helps me. And it's, it really has kind of like re in, I, I'm re like established like that, like, wow, this is fucking magic. And I'm really lucky to get to do this. This isn't just like, a pain in the ass with shitty hours where I don't make money. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, this matters. People care. I get to shepherd this process for these people that I really love who have something to say that people care about. And that's way cooler than, I mean, it's the coolest thing in the world. I think, you know, it's. Yeah. I think that music obviously matters to those guys, but I think that something you just sort of touched on is that that music matters to a lot of people like hot water music's music. Hot Water Music's music. Yeah, that came out right. Uh, 
matters to a lot of people, like to a right. legion of people. Strike yeah. Anywhere's music matters to a legion of people. 100%. And, yeah. And I feel like, I mean, I, I feel like Be Well is headed in that direction. I feel like Be Well is a band that uh, has kind of reinvigorated a lot of people, myself included. And I've said this before that like, I certainly wasn't a hardcore kid by any stretch of the imagination, but there are a few sort of uh, bands that have always been touchstones and it's really interesting and neat to have a band when you're on the other side of a, of 40 to have like right. a, a new band that you get yeah. excited about in the scene. And yeah. like that, I that, doesn't, that. that doesn't happen, I, but I feel like, like, like your music starting to matter. And I think it did right from the rip really to a lot of people. Yeah. Well, the thing I appreciate that the thing that I love about the band is that I love the way people love the band. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't I don't really foresee that we're going to become some huge band. And it's not something we aspire to do or even that I would want in my life. Um, but it's so cool, like, to work so hard on something and see people really connect with it. And and it's like, it's like, it's the, that is, I think, the the most of the bands that I love, love never got huge you know i mean i guess hot water is kind of huge strike anywhere is kind of being they're they're big they're big bands but not like mainstream like crazy yeah they played two nights at at crossroads like i mean which is great but it's you know it's not seventeen thousand kids it's like 500 really really passionate kids but the thing about it is like you know the thing is the way like innocent like the way people love hot water music it's unlike anything else it's like that that is it's its own thing. And I, and, and it's deserved, you know, like they do something special. They're special people. And I think with be well, I, um, I definitely would rather have like 10 people that fucking totally get it and totally love it. than 10,000 who don't even know who we are, who just think it's like a catchy song on the yeah, Spotify. Yeah. Somebody you know? did talk <laughs> about it. Yeah. I mean, it's funny actually how it is because it's like, you know, you look at these, like, I have a friend that has, a, that is in a band that they are Spotify. They have like several songs that have like 40, 50 million plays, but they couldn't draw like a hundred people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know what I mean? It's right. just a very strange time. And I, the thing with Be Well that's cool is that I like, like we're a good size and that like, I have a personal connection with a lot of people that really love the band too. You know what I mean? Like, I like that. I like that. It's like, Oh, I see, you know, someone, you know, like we can respond to every comment and every message. And, and like, I like that. I mean, that's not like, you know, like we're a bunch of like people that just love punk and hardcore and love playing music. So it's like, you know, I I, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I feel, um, very lucky to have this opportunity, you know, and, and also then, I mean, I'm sure you, 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 you can understand, but getting to like go out and play with strike anywhere in hot water music was just, I mean, I don't, I don't know those, that group of people, like what they've meant to me in my life on a personal level is hard to describe, you know, I mean, as people and as bands, I mean, those are actually like two of my all time favorite bands in the world that I just happen to get to help make right. records for, you know? 
And you get to go to Europe with Hot Water and Sam I Am, which is another to me one of those like one of those bands. I don't know oh, how yeah. Sam I Am didn't get uh, massive because yeah. I feel like all the people that like music love Sam I Am. They're sort of yeah. like like a Fugazi kind of band. Like Fugazi yeah. could have been huge, but they weren't. Sam I Am should have been huge, but they weren't. But people that like music, like Andy Diamond, yeah, Sam I Am his favorite band. And Boy Sets Fire, like the shows that you've been able to play, like they're not just yeah. like those are massive bills. Yeah, I, th- Europe is going to be awesome. I I uh, I love Sam. I don't know those guys. I've met I've met um, Chad who yeah. in in Gainesville, um, and I have I've emailed with Sergi, but I don't know those guys. But they are like one of my favorite. I I mean I can't even believe we get to do that tour. It's like <laughs> right. it's like insane. Yeah, and yeah, but, I mean I I think we have benefited in a sense from. You know, it's, I think that there are not a lot of newer bands that are older people, right? That's valid. Yeah. And, and so I think that, I think that there is like, I'm not saying, I, I, I'm not speaking for Avail or Hot Water Music or Sam I Am, but I think that there's sometimes like you want to bring a newer band on tour, but maybe not 18 year olds. You don't want to show them the ropes when you're on the other side of 40. Yeah. Right. right. Well, and also that like, you know, we don't make them look old. <laughs> fair, fair enough. <laughs> so no, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's a real treat. And, you know, I think that um, it's, you know, we, we, like everybody in be well has just been involved in the music scene for a long time. So I think there's like, you know, a little bit of it that is like, you know, like, it's kind of like, oh, cool. Like, do you know, that sounds like they, they kind of know that we'll get along that, it, cause yeah, that's yeah. a big part of touring too. But one of the coolest things that came um, was when we did the dates with um, Hot Water and Tim Berry. I had never met Tim Berry, which oh wow blows my mind because I love Vale. I yeah. love Tim Berry. Uh, we have so many friends in common. I've always looked up to him. Um, you know, I grew up in DC, so it's like a veil yeah, yeah, right. of Richmond, Richmond, DC. We're like, not that close, but kind of like similar, similar yeah. scenes. Um, and we, um, I kind of assumed we got those avail dates just because somebody knew somebody who knew somebody, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, cause when, when we got the offer to do the avail dates, I said to Jay, I thought immediately, Oh, that must be hot water. Got us. Yeah. And Jason was like, wait, what? And it was, <laughs> but we played in Detroit and we got off and, um, Tim pulled me aside and said, Hey man, I just want to let you know, like, uh, it's so cool that I know all you guys, but when avail decided to have be well, add be well to the dates i we didn't know anything about who you guys were our booking agent sent the video for confessional and said this you know you should really consider this band so he had no idea and so we're sound checking at the auto bar and he walks in and's like wait that's mike from dark sour and that's this guy from bad (laughs) you know like he was just like funny he had he had no idea and 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 honestly you know, I will say this about him. You know, I typically really shy away from trying to meet people that I really look up to because yeah, yeah. I, I, I have had, I have had, um, I've had, you know, records ruined by meeting the people that made them. 
Same. Yeah. Um, same. <laughs> Tim Barry did the exact opposite for me. Yeah. Like Tim Barry, like I didn't think I could love Avail more, or but his like his just like everything about him, like his perspective, his like warmth, his like just I, I don't know how like kind and supportive and like yeah. you know I I literally felt like God, this guy is like everything it's like yeah Yeah. you know it was a whole and it was and it was i it was just like i got to geek out with him about you know like thomas from strict anywhere and taylor from four walls falling and and we just have a lot of you know for somebody you never met it's like amazing how many like of our roots kind of like yeah twine you know that's another guy that i'm surprised that if i know somebody i just figure everybody knows them but i i loved him he's one of he's He's an amazing person. And the fact that not only does he know who I am, but he'll pick my brain about things from time to time and have me work on things with him. And for, yeah. I'm like, wait, why? Yeah. Me? He's, Are you sure? <laughs> he, he's, he's, he's amazing. And I was, I was really, I feel like really like I, one of the cool, I mean, getting yeah. to meet him was, I, I was a big deal for me. And, yeah. and he was, you know, he, he was just a great, he was a great Great, great dude. And then Avail, I mean, his solo stuff was amazing and Avail was so good. It's like mm-hmm. they, so many old, so many times I'll see older bands and I'm just like, come on guys. Like, yeah. You know, and they were just like, just as different than back in the day, but just, just as good or better. Like his vocals are so good. They play so well and they were so freaking nice to us. Yeah. And that's sometimes you play with bands and they don't even acknowledge your presence. Oh, sure. Those guys will watch from the stage. Tim would come in and wait, you guys don't have any, this back here. Let me yeah. bring you somewhere. You know, I've, it was very, it was very cool. I got to see them on my 40th birthday that the over the James reunion was on up here was a, my 40th birthday. And that's like, that's like the best 40th birthday present you could get. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, it's so, sort of getting back to the, the idea of be well developing its own um, following of people who think that it's a really important band. There's been obviously people with uh, tattoos of your words on them now, like words over chords, especially, which is, yeah. Did that ever happen in the battery days? Like, do you remember that? Before? No, not, no, and, not, and how not. does that land on you when you see your words carved into somebody's arm? It's, it's so cool. It's yeah. really cool. I mean, I, 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 um, yeah, it was not, it, you know, batter. I know, I don't know. I think that, uh, I don't know whether it, it, it wasn't a thing. I think I, I remember one guy in Sweden came up and had battery had a song called For the Rejected by the Rejected, and he had that like across his chest oh, and wow. kind of kind of freaked me out like <laughs> whoa <laughs> right and um but it's yeah there's i mean not only like there there are a lot of be well tattoos and actually it blows my mind but um joe foster from ignite and tons of band like sang backups on seven seconds records and stuff he's got a be well tattoo on his oh head. wow and that like blew my mind yeah it was just like and it's not like he sent me a picture. It's like he posted on Instagram, you know, <laughs> and it was just like, holy shit. Yeah, it was, it was cool. I mean, I think it's cool. I think it means a lot to me that people, I think that when um, the wit and the cost came out for sure, I kind of felt like people are going to think I'm insane. This is going to be, <laughs> you know, I, I was, you know, it's a collection of the most kind of isolated feelings and 
I never would have dreamt that it would make me feel closer to humanity. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a and, really interesting way to look at it. Yeah. And I mean, I, I also, you know, I mean, just knowing, I mean, it, I think it's the feeling that you're alone that makes having those feelings so much harder. I think if you know, like this, this is something a lot of people go through. It's a lot easier to not, to, 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 to kind of get through it I think, mm-hmm. for sure. So for me, it's kind of like, wow, like, this is amazing that like, it sucks that so many people <laughs> that yeah, right. are having a hard time, but it's also like, we're not alone. We definitely aren't alone. And I also think it's cool because I think that, that you don't, I, it's really interesting to me what people take on like I kind of know what I was writing about with any given thing but it's like people will interpret it through the lens of what is going on in their life and it's it's like definitely you know it's like plenty of people that aren't depressed you know or don't struggle mental illness find you know everybody has like regrets and disappointments and fears and especially with their children you know and um it's been really like touching to see people like find things that I wrote so relatable and meaningful to them. Yeah. yeah. And you, I think you have a way of writing it that is um, very unique, I guess. And so that it really, I mean, there's a lot of people who obviously write songs about um, being alone and vulnerable and isolated and depressed and things like that. But I think you have a way of actually wording some of those things and the positive side too. And we can talk about that a little bit, but I think Hello Sun actually has some brighter moments on it and some some sort of like hope for the future moments yeah. on it. But you have a way of writing that stuff that that seems very, um, it's unique, but it's also immediately relatable. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, the, the, I think that, that one of the best things that I think, I, I definitely had some concerns with the weight and the cost that, like to me, it wasn't this like misery album, like super depressing album. I mean, it was like these are feelings, but it's like getting them out is a positive. And I really appreciate that that is how people took it, which is yeah. like for a lot of people, be well is a positive thing in their life. Like music and the message and those things are like, it's not just this, it's not like you, you know, like. I remember when, when I was like younger and it's a people be into like goth or Marilyn, like, and it's just, it's just depressing. So it's like, it could have gone either way. And I am pleased that people, you know, were found it to be uplifting. And, and, and I think that feeling of like, Oh, someone is saying something that I have felt many times before is a positive. It's like, even though the thing that's being said is right. hard, the fact that it's being said, that it's being shared and you're seeing other people. So it's like, I am saying this thing. Someone else is responding by saying, like, I feel the same way. And someone else is seeing that and going, wow, there's a lot of us here. Yeah, you yeah. know. And I think that's cool. Um, and then I think with, with the new stuff, um, I think it's, you know, it's content wise is similar. It's just from a completely different vantage point. I think, Mm -hmm. I think that 
I think that like, if I was being honest, there were times when I was writing the weight and the cost that I was like a little bit afraid of the things I was feeling. Like I kind of felt like if I, if I allow myself to like think this fully, the thing I'm thinking that's like scary, you know? And, um, I don't feel that way at all anymore. So it's like, I really have continued to start struggle with depression. Um, but I, I can see it now and I know what it is and I know that it isn't terminal. You know, I know that like there are people that love me. I'm able to like feel that and see that in a way that I didn't before. And I also feel like, I feel like I shared the thing I was most afraid to share and nobody like ran away, you know, and that's big. That's, that's like, you know, it's a big deal. And it's interesting because it's like, I like, it's interesting because it's not like I'm sitting around talking to my friends all the time about like my mental health, (laughs) but, but what has been really touching for me is I think that since the record came out and I think since people have heard me talk about the things that surrounded starting to do this again, I have noticed that my friends check in a lot more. Oh, that's you great. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, if, if, if someone doesn't hear me from me for a little while, you know, I'll get a text like, Hey bud, just checking in, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's cool. And it's like, and it's like, and I think that, I think my situation was exacerbated by the fact that when you're the producer, uh, it, when that's your role in, in, you kind of have to, you're kind of in a leadership role. So I think people's instinct is not to like, oh, we haven't heard from Brian in a while. Like he's probably off, you know, doing some shit, whatever. Where I think now people realize like, oh, like that's Brian in the producer chair, Brian in the like dad, life, human friend chair struggles like we do and we'll check well, <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you don't check in with your boss at work, right? right to see how your boss is. That's because that's there's the yeah. that barrier in that relationship. But yeah, so it's been it's been cool, and I, and it's been like it's been like um, it's just been you know it's a, there's other things that are interesting. It's just like my daughter just like gets such a kick out of the band. You know, I sometimes yeah. worry because she loves wearing like be well t-shirts to school. Yeah. I worry that she might get like teased, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but so far so good. Yeah. I was going to ask, does she, cause I think your daughter and my daughter are around the same age is, is there, um, is there a scene at her school? Like are kids starting to get into like punk well, music, oh, hardcore music? Her in her, not her friend group, but um the older kids like turnstile is like oh big, yeah, yeah yeah a big deal and actually um it was really cool like she the um those guys gave her a t-shirt and she worked to school one day <clears throat> and a bunch of the older kids came over like how do you know turnstile and she's like oh my dad produced a record for them. and they were like <laughs> what because right? <laughs> you know? right? we're in baltimore so it's like they're big everywhere but here yeah. it's yeah it's you know, it's a, it's a big deal. So she gets a kick out of it. And she also like, um, it, the record comes out today, but I was working on the new praise record and, um, it was during the pandemic and Andy, the singer would come over once a week to work on vocals. And 
she's just so cute. She'll wear her prairie shirt and she'll talk to her friends about like her friend, Andy. <laughs> you know? That's awesome. It's just, so it's cool. I wish she was like into more like punk and hardcore because I think that she's like struggling a bit um, socially. And I think that I did. And I think that punk and hardcore for me was the thing that made me feel like, Hey, being a little bit of an outcast is cool. You know right. what I mean? Like, right. like, I don't want to be a part of that thing. Like anyway, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, Where yeah. I feel like if she, if she was listening to songs that like talked about those things, it might help her, um, you know, understand the things that she's feeling that she isn't able to fully, you know, express, but she listens to just show tunes <laughs> and oh, Broadway wow. and wow. yeah. Yeah. So she's, she's big into acting and she takes singing lessons and, and goes to like acting camp. She's like into like theater. So that's what she listens to, but I got to get her hip to some like, boy, man, when you, it's, I mean, it used to be the thing that punk was the way you to rebelled against what your parents listened to. And so I guess the opposite, like <laughs> the, the younger kids, now they got to rebel by listening to Hamilton soundtrack, Yeah, <laughs> which well, my kid, I think has the Hamilton soundtrack memorized. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, she's, she's funny, but, but she loves doing the, and the funny thing is when I'm writing, I must have like a different energy because Mm. she just loves to be around me when I'm writing. So she'll come in to like my studio room where I'm working on things and she'll sit on the floor, put headphones in and like draw or like, you know, play some, but it, there must be something about like the way I am when I'm doing that, that she finds comforting. Oh, wow. That's yeah. Interesting. So it's really, it's really interesting. And mo- mo- most of the rest of my life, she's like, dad, get out of here. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> Leave me alone. Is there stuff that you work on and she'll actually look up and be like, oh, that's really cool. And, and is um, that going to be, or if it hasn't happened, is that going to be like a groundbreaking moment when it does <laughs> no she's never she's never done that but i know she thinks it's cool because yeah, yeah. it's because of her other you know yeah her other her other actions yeah and and then i mean she she grew up my wife like my wife like loves you know hot water and dave haas and you know strike yeah. any like so it, th- that's just been the soundtrack of her life and so i think you're right which is kind of like She's like wants to be into something different than yeah. what we're into. But the, the other thing is, if Trusty Chords is on, she knows every word. So it's like, you know, Trusty Chords is the ringtone on my phone, and so every time, if the song will come on, if I'm cooking dinner or whatever, she'll be like, "Dad, phone's ringing." <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Of course, I had to have Chuck call me once when I was doing an actual interview interview, and sort of like the fact that it's your phone blinks Chuck Reagan while Trusty Chords is playing. I'm like. This is a really weird moment. <laughs> That's so funny. Man, talk about Chris Wallard on the new hot water. It's just, it's like my, I, I am so proud of him. Yeah. You know, like, I think that, that, um, you know, for a guy like that, that, it, I mean, he's like one of my favorite lyricists in Absolutely. the world. I, I think all the time about caution in that they're very few, you know, you, that is a record where I felt like I couldn't have known them better before, before we made that, you know, we'd been friends for a long time. We'd made records together and um, we made that record and we finished it. And I was listening to it and listening to the lyrics. And I thought like, 
wow, these are such important lyrics that like, yeah, I, I, I know this person I love deeply in a whole new way because of it, you know, and also kind of like you realize with what came for Chris with like the struggles he's had that he was telling us everything we needed to know, to know that was coming. You know, you know what I, I mean? I had that very thought in listening to the new record and the last ship thieves record probably too, but I think you're exactly right. I, and I came to that sort of thought in listening to the new record too. That, And then when you go back and listen to the old stuff, you're like, Oh yeah. Like there might've been a roadmap here. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I mean, the thing is, he, I think he was a little bit nervous, you know, about this new one. I mean, that's like you're introducing Cresswell, who he doesn't know the way all these other guys, who is the guy that goes out and sings Chris Waller's songs yeah. at the shows. And I mean, to be, you know, to be able to get to see Chris Wallard and Chris Cresswell, just their synergy and, and, and the kind of mutual respect was just unbelievable. Like it was, it was just, I mean, it was just magic. And, and even, even with um, not just with like, like Cresswell and Wallard, you know, like really worked in tandem on all the guitar stuff. But like, I remember when we, um, we um, did, you know, there's the song that Cresswell sings lead on, on, on the record, which is amazing. And, um, and we were kind of like working on like the approach and like how, how this is going to fit or whether it's going to fit. And uh, Chris Waller just came in and it was like, I was trying to translate something to Cresswell that I think he was having a hard time hearing about like what I, what I felt like the record needed and what he could bring with this song that, that, that the record was missing. And I think it, it was like, you know, to have to be Chris Cresswell and all of a sudden be singing lead vocals on right. a fucking hot water. Right. It's a lot. And, and, and it was so cool. Cause all of a sudden it was like, we're trying to have this conversation and it wasn't tense, but it was emotional. Right. And Chris Waller walked in and just gave this, like, literally, I wish I had videotaped it. It was like a Ted talk. <laughs> and Cresswell and I sat there like just in awe as he just like, laid it out in a way I never could have. And it was like, there were some tears, but yeah. like of joy of like mutual love and respect. And it was just like, okay, yeah, we did it. You know, <laughs> it was, it was just really cool. I mean, I man, to have been a fly on the wall. Oh man. It was, it was, it was a special, it was a very special. It was, it was a moment there. It was the moment in, you know, that I'll remember forever because just be because of how much I love both of them and it like having them both, you know, I feel like Cresswell coming into the fold is, I think that people get it wrong. Like people are like, where's Waller? Like, I don't think they get that. Like Cresswell is a thing that it actually keeps Waller being able to c- contribute because yeah, yeah, yeah. there are, there aren't a lot of guys that are going to want to come in, like sing all this other guy's songs and then go and make a record and have that guy continue to sing songs. It's that like love and respect and that kind of like, like Cresswell and, and Waller being, having such a good vibe and relationship is what enables Cresswell to be in the band and Waller to be able to continue to be a bit, such a big part of it. Um, and frankly allows hot water to be hot water in 2020. hundred percent. 
a hundred percent. Yeah. Cause I, I, and, and I don't think that, that like I get really, I don't know. I like, I'm so tempted to respond to people's comments, which never helps, but (laughs) I feel protective of those guys. And I also think that like, I don't think people get Waller is not going to come back and tour without water. Yeah. Right. It's over. That's that phase is over. But what you do get is fucking Waller (laughs) on feel the void. Yeah. Writing songs that you get to listen to for the rest of your life. Right. So you're luck. We're lucky for that. Right. Right. And the reason that, 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 that is still able to happen is because Chris Cresswell can go out and tour with them and it's so fucking good. And it's just all a positive thing. And so I, I, I get, I get really like, you know, and the band shouldn't have to keep explaining this yeah. to everyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, it is, this is how it is. This is the new era. And I think it's a good thing. I don't think it's a bad, it's a positive for everybody. And like people, it, you know, if you, if you, if you don't like it, then too bad, then don't come. But just You're trolling right. them online is just like, yeah, I don't know why people do it. And it, and I don't think that people that go to see them nowadays, maybe there was a little weirdness the first year, but I f- still feel like everybody is like, you know, the, I feel like the most common comment that I read after the first few live shows in 2017, whatever, were that like, I miss Wallard, but Cresswell is pretty fucking good. <laughs> like yeah. the, there's well, sort of a common thread that like, I miss Wallard, but you know, Cresswell yeah, awesome. I mean, I was, I miss Wallard too. Hmm. You know what I mean? But I, and that's love, okay. I, I, and I love seeing Cresswell. So yeah. it's, it is, it is. I, I think there's, there's a new era that's coming. Like I, when we played, um, you weren't at that one, the Philly show after yeah. Crossroads, they played Turn the Dial. And it was like oh. the biggest, it was like the biggest song in the set. I mean, really? it was like, it was a big deal. Like yeah. people, people love it. And so it's like, I think it's like, it's so cool because I think, now it's like I don't even know what's next. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's really like Cresswell can sing on these songs and be like get, continue to like become a bigger and bigger part of it all. And and he doesn't try to be Wallard. And no. I think I think that there would be sort of a a natural want to do that to do justice to him. And, but then you end up like mimicking him. But yeah. But he doesn't do that. He's still he's still Chris Cresswell. Well, the other thing that he brings to is, I mean, not to share too much inside baseball, but, you know, having Chris Wallard and Chuck Reagan, they're big personality. You sure. know, I mean, you know, <laughs> that is a combustible. Sure. You know, yeah. And I think but that Cresswell neutralizes. Some of those stories have been told publicly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, in, in, I love both of them and of they course. love one another. So right. it isn't like, it's, it's not like, it's not like bad. I'm just saying the nice thing is Cresswell. I think that this is more sustainable is what I would say, mm-hmm. you know, like the, how he fits in, not only with the gr- touring group, but also how he interacts and works with, with me and works with Wallard and works with everybody. I mean, it's, it's just perfect. I mean, he's, he's got like the best bedside manner and he's so talented that it isn't like you're gaining something. You're not taking something away. Every band should have a Canadian that just, (laughs) (laughs) I love Canadians. Yes. I kind of agree. Every band should have a Canadian. They're just so polite and they're nice and they're professional. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, there's a few. I mean, I I think people will certainly dig the album when they hear it. There's a few. Um, I feel like the the stylistic differences or or the gap is a little wider on this one. This the treadless sort of hits like a sledgehammer right from the opening and then actually gets harder. Um, and then the sort the EP ends with the in the shadow of who you thought I was. That is this really sort of I think beautiful sort of melodic song it was that sort of a conscious decision to kind of open the palette a little more um yeah i think that i don't know i have always as i said like hello sun was one of the first songs it was more like what made us pick these was i felt like this collection of songs together felt like a complete thought and felt like the direction the band is going not it wasn't like oh, let's get really melodic and let's get really heavy. And I mean, I we don't really think like that or when we're writing, but when we're picking what's going to be, be it felt like this EP, this this record feels like we're starting to stretch out a little yeah, bit, yeah, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think the, the stuff we've continued to write is even more, I mean, I'm always, I, I will always have some like fast raging hardcore stuff just because I love it. I, yeah, it just, it's in your it DNA. just makes, yeah. it makes my heart beat faster and I love it. But I also love like songwriting and musicality and melody and, you know, things like that. So I, I love that those two songs in particular can exist on the same record in a way that makes sense. It's not like, oh, this, you know, it's not like, okay, we're going to have a reggae song and a hip hop song or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I think, I think we're starting to figure like, you know, stretch out and, and develop like what the sound of be well will be, you know. Is it a, you've obviously got your own sort of reputation as a producer, but then when you're producing your own band, does that, does your role as a producer change when the band that you're producing is your own or, or the way does- that you approach things? It does. It's much more of a mind fuck. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because the thing about the part of, you know, part of the role of producer is, you know, typically is to be the, um, the objective party. Right. You know, and um, the, uh, I, I honestly think like, I've actually talked a little bit, like when we make the next full length, I think that I probably would like to like, I don't know that we would hire a producer per se, but I have talked with Ryan at Black Bear about maybe we'd go down there just because just to have like some, someone you trust that you can bounce ideas off of. I think it really does help. Um, and so, yeah, with the thing is, I think it would have been a lot harder with this Be Well record if we had had to do it in a consolidated amount of time. But because we made it through the pandemic, it was kind of yeah. like, it wasn't like the pressure wasn't on. So like some of this stuff would get tracked and then I would be like, listen to it and oh, rework it. And, you know, so kind of like the objectivity came from time yeah, yeah rather, yeah. rather than an outside person. But I think my preference would be next time, you know, go somewhere, kind of work with someone that was like, you know, that I trusted to kind of like say like, 
What do you think? Somebody no. that can be the sixth beetle, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I do think that Jason actually referred to you at one point as either the fifth beetle or the sixth beetle, because now <laughs> Cresswell's in the mix. So but <laughs> but that but that you sort of need that because I mean they had done their own thing with Ryan for a while. But I think that you know, having that either deciding vote or having the, the person from outside that can push you in a way that that I mean, you. I think he also said that you could probably push their their buttons just as well as they can push their own buttons, except yeah. that you you like you're an objective voice and you're not yeah. in in the in the mix. Well, I think one of the things that was fun about Hot Water doing this together again was that like I am a you know I'm a super fan you know of them as people and as a band, and it was kind of like I, I don't want to say I had I had as a fan some things I was missing about the band I loved. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It was kind of like, I felt like, and I, I said this to them, they had kind of like shied away from some of the things that I thought that were like their unfair advantages. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like there are things that they do that they, that no one could even get close to doing that they just kind of got out of the habit of doing the dual vocals, all the cool right. like bass drum rhythms, a lot of the kind of like the kind of like guitar work being like a little more angular at times and 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 um you know not having everything have to be unoverdub. You know, yeah, like yeah. having having the the main rhythm tracks have a lot of color and and vibe and 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 things like that. So so it was nice because it was like I love all the records, but there was like as time went on, I was kind of like, I wonder if they'll ever, you know, get back to some of the stuff I'm missing. And it was nice to be able to be like, hey, I love your band. And let's, you know, yeah, yeah. let's, let's make, let's, 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 because often the, those things they didn't get away from because they didn't like doing them. It's just kind of like you start, you know, going down a path and it's like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And the other thing is, you know, hard, it's hard when you, um, you're writing and you're writing and, you know, someone's demoing something in garage band and sending like all those earlier records were made like in the room, you know, jamming. So I felt like I was really happy that in, I, it was terrifying when I went down there <laughs> to Florida at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. I right. literally had like two masks and a That's face ground shield. Zero. And yeah. I had yeah. like medical gloves I was, <laughs> I, because I mean, I, who, nobody quite knew what was going on, but right. I felt like, those guys jamming was important. Mm -hmm. And the thing about them is that I wanted to be there because what will happen is Waller will play some little thing. And I'm like, whoa, 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 <laughs> do that again. <laughs> and he's like, oh, that, you know? And, and you're like, you can't miss, you'll miss it if you aren't there. Right. You know what I mean? Like he, he is this brilliant player, but he'll play things that are brilliant that he doesn't even realize right and 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 so i felt like and it was really great because we kind of got a couple that and i the first time i went down there when like list listening back to the roughs on the, the demos on the plane just like oh, okay yeah this is this is yeah. gonna work like we yeah. still you know we still got it and uh and you know it was also cool like i've grown a lot since the early days as a writer and producer and all those things. And so have they. And it was really interesting to see like, like George through all of like, you know, against me and bouncing souls and all that. He's just, 
his drumming has always been amazing, but he has all these cool like production ideas and harmony ideas. And I mean, it was really cool to kind of like reconnect when we all had grown. And, and I think I'm really proud of them because I feel like what they, what they did with Phil the void is really hard to do. It's really hard to make a record where you're bringing someone completely new in. You're bringing someone that has been kind of like on the fringes for a couple of releases back in. You're bringing this new producer who then has to, you know, bringing this person back who then is, has to work with the guy that's done the last couple by himself. <laughs> and, yeah, right. Yeah. You have, a, you have a new label, you have two new labels, you have, you know, and you, and you have some records that were well-received, but not as well-received. And that's a lot of moving parts to be able to like make end up with such a focused um meaningful record in the end you know so like i i was really like i was really proud of them that they never like gave up you know like we worked for on it for a long time and they kind of never lost sight of where we were going which was cool yeah they they if you could say that a band like hot water leveled up 30 25 whatever it is years into a career i mean they did not just yeah. because of adding Creswell, but I think all of those things that you just so sort of perfectly encapsulated, they, they yeah. reached another level. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's exciting. I mean, and I, I think that um, I'm happy for them. And I also like, I don't know, you know, the thing that's cool about like punk and car, it's like, I met those guys in 1994. You know what right. I mean? Right. And, and it's children like, comparatively. Yeah. And it's just like the fact that like, wow, like 30 years later, almost we're all still friends. We're all still making music. Like they're taking my band on tour. I mean, it's just all still alive, which is is not for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, um, you know, I, uh, I, I, I was, I was very honored and, you know, touched to be quite honest that they asked me to be involved, you know, Mm. and, and I did not take that responsibility lightly. Like, I mean, I, I bust my ass on that too, you know? And so I'm glad I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that it was so well received. Does, does, uh, knowing how well received your band has been from, from not just from, uh, fans like where I'm sitting, but from other people in the industry as well, does that sort of, um, inspire you creatively to keep sort of pushing and raising the bar for yourself? Like, like um, if all these people sort of get it and dig it, like, boy, I have this responsibility to, to keep I, I, like pushing. You, you know, I honestly try and not think about that stuff at all, only because probably good. <laughs> my, my, uh, my natural instincts are much better than my brain. So like, <laughs> That's if a... I, if I pick up a guitar, typically what I play is pretty cool. And if I t- pick up the guitar and go, I want to do something like this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's terrible. So, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 it, I make a, with my own stuff and with the bands I'm working with, I make a concerted effort to kind of block out the noise a little bit because the thing is, it's really easy to go, oh, people love this about us. We need to double down on yeah, that. Right. Like, people don't like this about us, so we need to respond by doing this. And then ultimately, you're just kind of chasing your own tail a little bit. Like, 
I kind of like, I, I, I think like for me, I kind of see be well, not, we don't sound and what we sing about isn't like strike anywhere at all. But I always kind of thought like with strike anywhere, it's like they do their thing and it's, it's, it's just, it's their thing. And, and like, they are not trying to please anyone and then people love it, but they aren't like compromising. They're not like responding to what people love or want them to do or anything like that. They're just like, like comfortable with who they are. And, and, and that's what I aspire to be. I actually had this, I think about this all the time, but I I've always, I mean, strike anywhere has had a wonderful career, but I always thought that they had the potential to be massive band. I mean, you know, I, I think that Thomas is one of a kind, you know, he's so genuine. He has so much to say. He's an incredible lyric writer, incredible songwriter. And I always thought like, they could have been big, like rise against. I was just going to use rise against as the comparison. So, so we had this, uh, we were making, um, strike anywhere, iron front. And, um, and there was like, there were like within like three blocks of my studio, there was this like punk vegan coffee shop. And then there was this like super yuppie eco friendly coffee shop that sold furniture, you know, kind of whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said to Thomas one day, you know, Thomas, you know, I went into the liquid earth, the vegan place, and, and I didn't realize it was vegan. And I asked for half and half and I got the death stare, like, <laughs> like, you know, how dare you even walk in, you know, whatever. Yeah, right. So, so I always went to the, the yuppie place, you know, even though I'm more punk than I am yuppie, I felt more comfortable over there. Right. I said, I said to Thomas, like, do you ever worry that like, you know, having all the tanks and like the communist guy on the cover, you know, like whatever, <laughs> that some people feel like they're not punk enough to yeah, be yeah, a strike yeah. anywhere fan. Yeah. And so, and you know, so you're kind of liquid earth and rise against kind of <laughs> blue house. And he's like, yeah, I think that, but I like being liquid earth. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's yeah, perfect. I, you know, I mean, to me, it's like, I, I don't, I don't see be well, I don't want to, we're not going to be thrice where every record is like a whole new record. We're not going to be, you know, Dave Hoss, where we're going to Nashville and hiring these like crazy guys to play, you know, like, yeah. we're just going to do our thing and we're not trying to get big or, you know, I want people to love the music. I want to connect with people. I want to be able to tour, but our goals are just to make music that we love and yeah. be able to like, you know, so it's, I, I just try and block that shit out. And I think that, um, and it, I don't just try and block it out with, with be well, I try and block it out as a producer too, because it's unfair to the songs themselves to let all that bullshit affect them, you know? And, and people have a lot of opinions and I don't always know how many people actually like listen to the music. Some, you know, not in in the press per se, you know what I mean? Like, like, like like there, I'll, I won't say which place, but there was a, um, there was a be well, there was a be well review and I read it and it was like, this is sunny pop music or something. 
Did they listen to the record? <laughs> and they they hadn't listened to the record. So I said to the publicist, can you look to see if they ever even listened to it? And they had never listened to it. So, <laughs> so I, I mean, you know, the thing is, I can't I say do, that I'm surprised, but it means a lot to me <sighs> when people that I respect care about what I'm doing, but I can't have that be the driving force mm-hmm. because it didn't, it isn't, it isn't, it just gets in the way of my brain. And, um, you know, well, you've done good again, I will say, well, uh, as, as like I said before, it's, it's tough. It's not every day that you stumble upon a band when you're in your forties that all of a sudden is like singing about a lot of things that you sort of had in your brain, yeah, but didn't know that you had in your brain. And so it kind of right. unlocks these things. And, uh, and there are moments, uh, on the new album, only one wish, I, I think maybe because you and I both have one kid and it's a daughter and they're about the same age that I feel yeah. like there's some sort of a little bit of overlap there, but, uh, you, you did it again. <laughs> well, thank you, <laughs> you, thank you again. so much. It's your band is, is important to me and to a lot of people, but I think your words, especially, um, kind of shed light on things that a lot of us have been feeling anyway, well, both, both good and bad. And sort of like you said before that the, maybe there was some darkness to the first one, especially, but the point isn't that it's dark. It wasn't dark for dark's sake. Like Manson was, it was right. like, it's written from the perspective of having made your way through part of that and processed some of that. Right. And, and you can kind of put it in its place and call it what it is. And from the perspective of being a part of a community where I felt comfortable enough saying things that I, I would have struggled to say to my wife at dinner, you know, and, and then that, oh, again, believe me, that's, yeah, you know, that's the beauty of music. I mean, that is, uh, you know, it's, it's just such a powerful, it's a powerful thing. Like, how can I, you know, get up there and say in front of a thousand people, what is like really hard for me to say one-on-one, but it's, I'm lucky to have that outlet, you know? Yeah. And frankly, I think if I'm being honest, your words and some others, uh, I think like Wallard, sometimes like Dave Haas. Um, I I think that when you tell somebody you relate to a song and then they listen to the song, they go, oh, wait, like, like it's sort of, but like you said, like I wouldn't tell my wife at dinner how I'm feeling necessarily a certain way, but if I'm playing a certain song and she listens to the word, she's like, Oh, and then it sort of spawns yeah. this whole other either conversation and guilt and a whole other thing. But, but <laughs> so that it'll hi, hun, if because she's probably going to listen to this and we'll probably have to talk at dinner <laughs> once she listens to a couple of the songs on this album. Well, um, I appreciate you having me on. I, yeah. I, I was so psyched that we got to hang in New Jersey and it's fun. I like this better than the IG live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I because I didn't know we didn't know what we didn't know, and I wasn't really using Zoom at that time, and and so somebody said do it over IG Live, and it'll be fun, and then it's gone, and yeah. and and there was some positive things that yeah. came out of that, but then I think it was Daryl from the Bull Weevils that said, "Can we just do it over Zoom? It's going to be a lot easier." And from that point forward, it was just like, "Yeah, fine." You know what? It is. Yeah. I know yeah. I have to use Zoom for work, but it's like whatever. well, well, some of these things end up being such good conversations. It's nice to have them archived, you know. Well, what right, I mean? you know? right. I accidentally so. deleted one of them. <clears throat> I had a good conversation with Miguel from Teenage Bottle Rocket and accidentally deleted it, or I closed uh, my oh. my phone before it saved. Oh my gosh! Not, not my funnier moment. <laughs> Thanks for doing this. I don't yeah, want to take up too much great. of your, af- okay. your afternoon. Everybody, buy well, buy the album. 
It comes out on yeah. May 20th. You can pre-order it. It's on Revelation Records, which is a cool thing because yes. that's that label such a legacy. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, thanks for doing that.